Hey guys, remember that time we asked for suggestions and we got oh, yeah. one from our friend Jelly and she actually, asked us to got, watch a movie? We got two actually, but we're doing one today. I'm talking What's about a- the one we're doing today, Oceans. <laughs> um, yeah, and our uh, friend Angelica, who's uh, one of our longest listeners, uh, requested that we watch a movie. And uh, since we had no other requests on the table, we, we said sure. <laughs> so your, your chances of uh, us doing a, your request are high. Uh, I am Blitzbear, also known as Nate. I'm Polar Bear. I'm Sam Montano. The cute and I'm one. Panda Bear. I'm Sam Oceans, sort of. I, my brain isn't functioning anymore. You know what's funny is he said sort of, and my first reaction was like, what? And then I went, you know what, looking at him, yeah, he's, he's sort of Sam Oceans today. <laughs> he doesn't have his gold chain. He's not totally himself. <gasps> oh! It, ne- it never comes off. Incognito gold chain. <laughs> never mind. I uh, takes it back. Never comes off. Anyway, this is Bear Attack. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> what the heck did we watch? The Bellboy. We watched a 1960 movie called The Bellboy. And I meant to do a bunch of research for this, and I totally forgot. But work has been crazy. so <laughs> I, I have little random notes here and there, but this is, this is going to be a light. Because uh, I had the opportunity to watch it one time, but I was actually at work, and I was in control. So I was having to do multitasking, so I was get, only getting things here and there. I meant to Dude. watch it again today, but I was still editing that dang Linkin Park episode, so I had zero time to rewatch. Uh, also, go check out Linkin Park. Yeah. I feel like this is the perfect, one of the perfect movies to watch while you're doing something else. Because in the intro it says, there is no plot and no story. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly. Uh, so, and I think yeah. you can walk in on most of the bits and they'll be funny towards at one point or another. You really don't need to know what's going on. It's this is how I looked at it. Um, it was bef- it was made before YouTube. It's it was made in 1960, and this is kind of you know the way we use YouTube now. This is just a this is almost a compilation video with a main character. <laughs> yeah. So I looked on uh, what I was looking on Hulu, so because that's where I watched it. Um. Okay. I, it's also free on um, Amazon Prime. Boom. If you guys want to there you go. watch it. You have two options, um, at least. Well, yeah, but I looked at the description, because I always like to read the synopsis, and I hit mm-hmm. more, and I haven't seen this movie since I was, like, 14, so I forgot what it was about, and it says... Oh, you've seen it? Oh, though. yeah. I had never seen it. I had never seen um, it. Me neither. Never heard of it. <laughs> well, um... I f- so I forgot what it was about. I didn't remember that it didn't have any plot. But Hulu says very specifically... Hold on, let me pull it back up so I don't misquote it. You know what's funny about the word plot? I was working an event before I went full-time at my job, and I always uh, worked the delivery gate and the ramp for like uh, important personnel and stuff, and I worked with this one guy a lot, and... We were joking about how security is useless, which is our job, and <laughs> I was just like, yes, I'm just going to stand here like a troll and be like, plot. Plot. <laughs> 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 yes. So. Hand razor. On 
Hulu, the, des- the description is, The Bellboy. Stanley is a quiet bellboy just doing his job at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach. One day, Jerry Lewis, the big star, arrives at the hotel and some of the staff notice a striking resemblance between them. So, that description mm-hmm. leads you to believe the whole movie is based around Jerry Lewis getting there and, like... Like it having a plot. Barely even involved. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the star and director, but... But yeah, it's one bit right in the middle of the movie. Actually, more towards the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. It's more towards the beginning. Yeah. And I think that if that had been, like, the plot of the movie, it would have been so funny. I think so, too. But, I, but I just thought... because it's plotless does not mean it's pointless. But more on that later. So, I don't know where to actually start at this movie because it's dumb to start at the beginning and there's really only an end. But, <laughs> I wanna, let's start with the Jerry Lewis scene. Because I love how they did that car shot. Because it's a one and that's amazing. Yeah. I wonder if they just had the other door they open did. and they were just funneling people through. Yeah, they did that's until they did. right before the camera moves. They pack them all in, and they shut the door, and then they moved them through. The last couple through. Nice. I just think I just think it's funny. I love practical stuff like that. Yeah, it's a really good uh, shot where Jerry Lewis and his entourage all get out of the back of this like uh, maybe five seater uh, old timey wagon. Yeah, not even and, a limo, uh, just like a a nice car, a nice black car. They. They they all filter into the hotel and it just goes on forever with more and more people coming out of this car. I swear, there's like and, uh, 26 people that got out of that car. It's just that the whole thing is just that kind of old-fashioned humor where it was like we hadn't seen this stuff a ton yet, so it was super funny at the time. And I mean, we were... I watched it with my family and uh, one of my friends and we, we all laughed pretty hard multiple times throughout the movie. I mean, I think that's the thing about slapstick comedy is that it's never not funny as long as you think slapstick comedy is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, all the gags, no matter how many times they've been done, always funny. So, like we said, it's the movie starts with this, uh, this uh, Paramount executive um, telling you, he's like, this movie, in fact, has no plot. We decided to do something different this time, and it is hilarious. And he just loses his crap. He's, like, flipping no, over his first desk. he does a multimedia <laughs> presentation with, like, the cards, with the different drawings of, like, representing the different genres. I would say it's, like, a, a one-media presentation. No, he's talking. That's multimedia. Like pictures. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Got me there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, when he does the pictures, and then yeah, I thought I thought it was so funny he had pictures. (laughs) And and I thought, uh, in fact, I said out loud, I was like, "Well, if you don't think that your movie's funny, no one else will." (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. Was uh, just about the best way the movie could start off, and then I know from experience that that is not, in fact, true (laughs) because. We made a movie that we did not think was funny, and everybody else thought it was hilarious. So. See, that's the difference. That's you true. guys just weren't in on the joke yet. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys didn't intend for it to be funny. It's true. Most of my movies, I've always intended for them to be funny, so it's always worked out for me. I've shown some people Alpha Bravo 
and uh, there's some parts where they laugh that I'm, I'm like, eh, that's that's not supposed to be funny, but <laughs> some of it makes sense. You guys do have some pretty solid one-liners in that movie, though. Thank you. <laughs> you Great know when, writing. Uh, the guy when when the sniper gets the throwing knife in the back, mm. that always gets some chuckles, and I I was like, dang man. We were really proud of that. <laughs> it came through okay, but there is a nice little sound in it that uh. That's probably what that's probably what puts the laugh in there is the sound. Yeah, just the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, Wyatt chucked that throwing knife at Jeffrey several times to get that take. <laughs> it would it hit him every time. It would bounce off, and then I'd go run after it, and then like stick it in his uh, armpit or whatever. <laughs> My uh, my first uh, initial thought about this movie was, oh, great, here we go. A, mo- a movie written, produced, and directed by one guy. Where have I seen that before? Oh, wait, <laughs> little, The Room. A little Tommy Wiseau PTSD. Oh, God, I was so scared. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad that we've been so tainted by that stupid movie that we had to watch for film oh, school. W- <laughs> one time. I've seen it one time. I have seen it two times. It's equally Why as Why would you watch it a second because time? Because I saw it before college, and then I had to watch it for... for Why would you watch that on your own for any reason ever? My cousin showed, brought it to us for uh, one of our game nights. He's like, uh, he, my uncle and me, and he said, Aunt Julie, this isn't one of your movies. And then she watched it with <laughs> us anyways, and it was <laughs> awful. Oh, jeez, yeah. I, how did Aunt Julie take the uh, belly button? penetration scene i'm not sure she actually saw it i think she's just like i think she went back and like we showed her clips of it that were funnier he's uh he's rubbing up on parts of her that uh i mean Uh, that's how i remember it but i also might be we might have also just watched a bunch of terrifying clips from it on youtube and then i just like put it together because i've seen it i'm hoping the best way hoping that's that's the best scenario I'm hoping that's what's true. By far, the the best way to watch The Room is to have to watch it for film school and then forget about it and find the cinema sins about it <laughs> when you didn't know that people actually had seen the movie, too. You thought you were the only one suffering. And then watch The Disaster Artist because that brings a whole new thing to it. The and then you, you and Panda Bear go on a date to see The Disaster Artist and you get pizza first and... Uh, I didn't see the Disaster Artist, but I super wanted to, and it's still on my list. We'll we'll watch it with you sometime. Yes, Bear Day. It's just (laughs) as uncomfortable as the original. Yeah, that excites me greatly. But somehow it make it makes a lot more sense because it's about (laughs) how the original one didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, so. The main character is a bellboy, if you haven't caught that already. And they, like, pump him up to be, like, this military force. But he's, like, the dumb one of the bunch. And uh, watching it was a little bit funny and troubling to me because he reminds me of one of the guys under me at work. Where it's just, like, when they sent him <laughs> into the theater to, like, <laughs> this will keep him busy for a while. And then he does it, like, right away. You know, like, crap, what are we going to do to keep him working the rest of the day? No, not even that. Like... <laughs> My favorite part of his character is that everyone likes him. They do, yeah, they all do like him. But he's exceedingly frustrating <laughs> to all of them as well. 
Can I just um, say that this mo- movie actually made quite a bit of money at the box office? Did it really? Oh, tell. Yeah, it made ten million dollars. It made ten million dollars. Ooh, nineteen sixties money. That's big money. Yeah, that's a lot more than ten million. Ten million today's money. Yeah. Well, it did star Jerry Lewis. Yeah, I, I did, yeah, he was a pretty big, big deal. He's got this entourage, and they're all just trying to like, you know, brush his uh brush his coat and light his cigarette and everything and he's like guys just hang on a second give me some room to breathe and they're like okay and they'll you know start <laughs> all rushing to and then when they stack uh, into the elevator lobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was funny uh what was the, well, the one lady had a skunk on her hat what was up with that she had just like a little bitty like kind of Bambi looking skunk. The lady that goes on the crazy diet for two weeks. Yeah, I don't um, know. They think they were just like, "What's a wacky hat we can use to identify her?" <laughs> it's not like a real skunk. It's like a little toy skunk just sitting on her in a little field of daisies on her little top hat. <laughs> ah, you mentioned this- how the uh, bellboys were like it, like. What did you say, like an army almost? Yeah, they're all they all come in and they're all, you know, at attention, got a line dressed and everything. <laughs> My note was when did bellboys become deviants? <laughs> Always. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, oh, could they be more obvious with this? Like <laughs> I was like, what is the point? I don't understand the satire. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if there was was really satire or if it was just this was the silliest situation he came up with. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I think it was more that. Did you guys have this problem? I had a hard time keeping the characters separated because all people in the 60s look the same to me. (laughs) This brings up my point of, oh my God, white privilege in this movie is ridiculous. I'm like, (laughs) there is not a single person of color anywhere to be seen. No, there's not. It's a movie. And a lot of like the, the pantomimes and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, given that the, the main problem I have with this movie is when it was actually made, just because that's how the norm. But I was like, dang. And then a lot of the pantomiming that uh, Jerry Lewis did throughout, I'm like, dang, that's definitely taken from like blackface actors and stuff. Like, man. Well, I don't think so. I think he was so, just making silly faces. Because he had... Yeah, yeah. People people like to jump on a whole, like, thing about, like, oh, they're being racist or whatever. I'm like, no, they're... That's how you... I don't know. It's, he has four lines in the entire make... movie, so... I'm pretty sure yeah, he's he, just making funny faces. He has to make expressions to be humorous in some way. Because it's all body acting. It's all, you know, pratfalls and... In weird situations where he's just kind of like wringing his hair, or, you know, turning around, bumping into the wall and stuff like that. So you guys know the scene with the bra where <laughs> they're like trying to like take care of one of their guests' laundry, and they're just like, I can't remember. Is he just like he can't figure out how to fold it? No, the, he took the something? suitcase in the guy's room. And the guy said, "Open that suitcase and hang up the clothes in there." And he pulls out the bra, and it's okay. like, "How do you hang that on a hanger?" Sure. Um, and then he just gives up. I just up remember and runs that away. because <laughs> all of us. I have three younger sisters, and all of us hated folding my mom's laundry as kids because panties are like 
There's nothing Me too. there. It's so weird and awkward. <laughs> and then and then a bra like how like how do you not only how do you hang it up how do you fold it how, what do you do with a bra other than throw it on the floor? Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's gonna be one of those episodes. Sorry, I don't have a lot of actual cr- <laughs> critical input about this film. I just have little things that offshooted from it. Um, but my my younger sister, she would um. Uh, she we'd be in her, she'd be in her pajamas like footsie pajamas. So she's pretty. She's covered toe to neck, and then she would go get on dish gloves that like came up to her elbows because any dish gloves would come up to your elbows when you're a little girl. And then she would get on like a scuba mask and like get tongs to go grab my mom's bra like it's toxic waste or something. And <laughs> <laughs> she would just carry it to my mom's room and drop it on my mom's bed (laughs) that's how she handled it well done well done and then you know like short 12 years later or something like that then she's leaving her bra all over the house and hers has like stars and sparkles on it i'm like i tmi you're just like this is now extremely weird and awkward for the only guy (laughs) why do my sisters have fun underwear can we talk about that airplane theft for a minute? <laughs> like, what in the... <laughs> he didn't! He did! He did what? what? <laughs> Just an airplane shot. Yeah, oh my god. The whole hotel <laughs> shit. How did he fly it and let... He and stuck the landing, steals, though. When we say he steals an airplane, he didn't steal... Like a, a little uh, personal plane. He literally like stole a 737. Like. He stole a jetliner. Not even a private jet. A jetliner. <laughs> a sky bus. <laughs> and then he just lands it back in the airfield and gets off with the briefcase he was sent there to pick up. <laughs> Doing his whistle. <laughs> I just... Uh... I think the one end. of the best. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the best scene in the movie is at the end where his boss comes in. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's great. It's just like, what? He can? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is the guy when uh, he, one of his guests is suntanning and he's worried about his face. <laughs> so he puts a little towel over it. But it was like a fishnet. So he, he gets a fishnet suntan on his face. They ruined my career. <laughs> the guy was a TV anchor, yeah. So Nate, honest opinion, did you like this movie? Yeah, I did. I thought it was hilarious. Okay. So go, now go watch Spaceballs, and you will appreciate this movie so much. I more. love Spaceballs. Oh my gosh, dude! I can't, yeah, I need to fix that. It's we can fix that. I will be there Wednesday. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, back to Bigfoot. You guys want to know a fun um, couple of fun technical facts about this film? Oh, do tell. Yes, please uh, do do the job that I was supposed to do. (laughs) As if you didn't. No, I just spent like four days editing a podcast. Anyway. I know. I know. (laughs) I dropped the ball. Well, fortunately, one of us was on top of it and took notes. One of us. And learned about this movie. I just went to Wikipedia. It's really not that well, credible. Well, uh, it's pretty... I mean, when it comes to this kind the of The only stuff. facts I know about this movie is that Jerry Lewis said 24 words and only 18 of them... Or 16. 16 or 18 of them 
are from him as the bellboy. I guess, yeah, when he's playing himself, he just says, hold on a lot. Just hold it. Hold it? Hold it? Yeah. I'll smoke it dry. He's got to say more than <laughs> Also, that. I'll smoke it dry. That's not a weird, a real saying, is it? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, don't you smoke everything dry, if you think about it? Unless I mean, you dip it in formaldehyde, which I hear people do. I don't, it's the ultimate I dry activity because it's on fire. Like, it's a smoldering fire at all times. Yeah. Hard Oceans, lay some sweet, sweet factoids That's... on me. So, here are your two, or maybe more, hibernation facts of the week. Yay! <laughs> hibernation fact number one uh jerry lewis not only produced wrote and directed and starred in the film but uh also uh he created a fictional version of himself uh and is credited in the opening credits with his birth name so you would never know nice <laughs> um second one uh apparently lewis restrained his uh comedic chops in this film um uh, apparently he was a little bit more uh, flamboyant normally than he was in this film, according to a uh, New York Times uh, article published. This was Jerry Lewis holding uh, back. At the time of the release. Huh, that's kind of hard to believe. Uh, yeah, th- this was, I, I was like, dang, this guy is just you out there. You would think there. that in a movie where you don't say any words, you would want to bring your full uh, arsenal to the table. <laughs> and your final hibernation fun fact of the week is that this movie uh, pioneered the video assist system. Uh, For those non-tech film people, uh, that's where when you're on camera, they have monitors set up so you can watch yourself. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. So, like, if he was pantomiming and he needed to, like, he could watch himself do it, that way he knew he was doing it correctly. How much do you want to bet those uh, monitors were just freaking heavy? Oh, I'm sure it took a whole crew to put one in. Yeah, and I think the uh, reason that they did that is because he was also having to direct while he was doing it. So he was directing himself via Wait, some, video Some screen. people don't realize how hard it is to act and direct in the same Incredibly movie. Incredibly difficult. That, it sucks. Yeah, because you have to... It's very hard to uh, disassociate, like... It's very hard to get into character when yeah, you're having to Not only to be that, boss, but you, know? you have to be worried about your character... And the decisions that every other character is making. Because, for those of you not in film that don't know, a good director's really only responsibility on set is talking to the actors and giving them direction. The ADs do everything else. I've Mm -hmm. never even heard an actual director call action. Or cut. Yeah. Um, Some directors... I mean, when you're a director, you have, you're have you kind of the boss. So some directors do it differently than others, but the way they a director should do it is they are in charge of the actors. Yeah. Because they took care of everything um, else in pre-production, and then they have their right. heads of their departments and their assistant directors. Guys, I have more facts about this movie, if you're ever interested. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Feed me Back more. Uh, so Jerry Lewis wrote this <laughs> film... And the reason that it takes place in the hotel that it does is because he was performing at that hotel. So he 
wrote it around that hotel. Oh. Also, he shot it, he wrote it and shot it in four four weeks, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah he wrote Insane. it in like eight days. I mean, I guess if there's no plot, it's not too hard to do, yeah. but still. And all of his actors are just nightclub actors from a, that were near the hotel. Nice. He's just like you, you. Oh come yeah, here. there was that nightclub scene where. Or those those hillbilly guys played. <laughs> that was no. the girl. Oh, that was the best part of the whole movie. The freaking Alabama. That was weird, but it was funny. The, the guy using his hand to shake his knee. Oh god, it was great. <laughs> his face and everything. You've never looked so redneck, Nick. <laughs> um, also, uh, Jerry, Mr. Lewis, wanted this movie to uh, drop around Christmas time because it was a family-oriented goofy movie but paramount wanted a summer release and that is why he shot it in four weeks also the reason he did the directing the producing and all the things himself is because he didn't have time to get anybody else to do any of the other jobs that's uh that's fair that makes sense that's why uh, peter jackson ended up directing the hobbits which he should have anyway, because he did the Lord of the Rings, so I'm why trying not? to get a, a picture for uh, Instagram. Yep. <laughs> oh, and he edited the whole film himself in Sorry. Las Vegas. Dang. Wow. Oh. He edited it? Yeah, that's what, it, that's what this fact says, that he shot... Well, I mean, he probably didn't edit it himself himself, but because back then, editing film was a... Uh, you actually took a razor blade and like sure. taped things together. Yeah, but, we think it's bad now. Yeah, he's this this fact I'm reading says he shot the movie in four weeks at Miami Beach's Fontainebleau uh, Blue Hotel, the place he works in the movie, uh, while he was performing there, and he edited it during his subsequent engagement in Las Vegas. Hmm. They really make it sound like he edited it. They do. I wonder if that's mm. because he did, or if that's because... There's no... I don't know. Editors have always been really well-respected in the industry. I think. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, this might be the first movie no I know of that came out really well because the with the same guy doing the pre-production, the production, and the editing all by his, by his lonesome. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that the the movie actually does have kind of a a message that's more than the sum of its parts by quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's very sudden. Like, I'm glad they it's, told it, it to me. It comes out of nowhere because I wouldn't have yeah. gotten it. No, uh, like I said, it's more than the sum of its parts. But so you got this goofy character that goes around the whole movie, never saying a word, and then they find out something about him. And uh, they're like, how did we not know this? And uh, I'm just going to say it. The movie's like, been out for almost 100 that's years. True. That's fair. <laughs> so Go he talks it. at the end because the manager finally says, can't you talk? And he says, why, yes, I believe I can talk just as well <laughs> as any man can. <laughs> and he says it totally fine. And all the other bellboys just yeah, they all, And he asked him, well, why didn't you before? And he said, 
Nobody asked. <laughs> and he just walks out of the room. Which I think is my favorite it's, part um, of the character. See, it, is that no matter what happens, he just walks out of the room. <laughs> Even when he steals the jetliner and it's lands funny. it. The entire police force is waiting to arrest him there. And he just walks through them. <laughs> it's funny. When I was watching the, like, the Bellboy's character progression because you know even it, there, there's, there's no, a little there's bit no of progression it. there's no the plot there's the... you can't have a progression and not have a plot there's a total progression at the end though he opens his mouth no, and he he's speaks been the, what? he's been the <laughs> but... same person start to finish he just somebody asked if he could talk and he answered as far as but from the, our way perception, he, the way he answered that it's a very yeah. sudden like it's a quantum leap in uh, <laughs> his evolution. Yeah, it does take you by surprise. <laughs> but yeah, the way just the way he answered the question, it like I had this weird thought go through my head. I'm like, wow, reminds me of a, like not to sound insensitive or anything, but I'm like, wow. Now that the more that I think about it, I'm like, this character reminds me of an autistic person mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, years ago, someone. Someone told me something. There was like every person you've ever known was like a kid on Christmas. I was like, "What, really?" And it's like you start thinking about that. Like even like all the like, like uh, I've just never had a, a big affection in my heart for homeless people, but like that just like rocked my world. Where I was like, "Dang, dude!" Like all these people who uh, I don't really like at all. They were all like people just like me at one point, you know. So now whenever I like talk to a homeless person i like try to ask them stuff about their life and stuff find out more about them see my literal job is to deal with homeless people so i i i don't have a i don't dislike homeless people but it depends like because some homeless people are nice and they like whatever it's just they have issues and they're inconvenient but there are there are some that are just like off their rocker crazy so that's the thing is they they, it's uncomfortable dealing with them it's nothing against them or who or you know their their humanity but sometimes if you're not like cognizant of that it does become a thing where you're kind of like oh those dirty trash people trash people (laughs) those trash people Honestly, I've talked to a lot of homeless people, and I know that for a lot of them it's a choice because they don't fit into normal society, so they just go do whatever they're going to do. But mm-hmm. there's yeah. some that are just like... Oof. There's a few that are... Like, the 60s yeah, caught them hard, yeah. and they were born in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, the ones that are like hippies in this day and I'm like, really, what are you doing? There's some like, that need help beyond. Uh, well, go go put your hemp in a burger. I told and you guys about the uh, the guy that was crossing traffic and started yelling at the cars like they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> see, like something like that, I could totally see being in like a silent. Fi- oh, by the way, the Bellboys is a silent film mostly. Uh, lots of it. With no, the everyone talks except him. He's silent. Yeah, but it does have a right, lot of right. silent it's, movies. It's that weird. Cr- yeah, it's got a weird like crossover thing to it, where it's like you got the evolution of oh look we have sound to the point where oh let's not have sound and make it like a oldie time silent movie. It, it's got that weird in between thing going on. Yeah, I could see how like stylistically there's there's some similarities for sure. 
What I, I I did notice how good the audio is on the movie. It sounds. I mean, the thing about audio is good audio is good audio, and bad audio is not. And bad audio is bad audio. I love audio. the old school audio <laughs> because you can tell that the sounds that they do, like when he drums his fingers, like they definitely got that sound from him drumming his fingers at that table. It's all on set. Yeah, yeah it's not I like, like we go to our library of sounds and see which one sounds best. They're like, he is so, at this table. Do the thing. Another film thing to ruin for all you attackers is a. Uh, aside from dialogue, nothing you hear in a movie is legit. Like they don't record it on set. They uh, they cut out like in between every single pause and silence. They cut out all that audio, and then they put in their own audio. And they have uh, a Foley person who does all the the sounds that, like, if someone touches a table or something like yeah. that, they put that back not in even there. Not even the room noise at, the, at location is in your final edits most of the time. Which is offensive to me. I don't like that at yeah, all. Like, it just seems it just sounds like too much work anyway. Like if you're in a restaurant, they'll go they'll it have a guy the go best. to like a fancy hip happening restaurant and like sit there with a recorder and like get all the silverware jingling and the people murmuring in the background and stuff. It gives you a lot of control over your audio, but at the same time you've gotta like you gotta have good room tone and everything on mm-hmm. set. And then you got to match that when people actually are talking, which if someone's talking, that usually takes precedence over what your ears are listening yeah. to. And your ears can only handle like three sounds at a time if you're like actually thinking about it. So it's easy to fool the mind in ways like that. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not three sounds at a time. It's like they can only tell where three sounds are coming from at a time. Um. Yeah. So, like, if you have like, uh, like George Lucas discovered, um, in his movie before Star Wars, uh, THX Eleven. I don't know. It's what the company THX, the audio company, is based off of. They get their name from that movie. But um, uh, he had like three people walking down a hallway, and he couldn't get their footsteps to sync up. But they found that if you just throw them in, Uh you don't have to sync them up. Because your brain can't process that it's not the hits aren't happening unless they're all walking in exact unison. But uh, anyway, that's a nerd fact, and that's just for like the really big budget movies, like any kind of like indie film or whatever. They don't do that crap. It's too much work. You can't, they can't afford an editor to sit there for that amount of time to do all that audio work. Back to Bigfoot. Fun fact that I forgot about. This was uh, Jerry Lewis's debut as a director, too. So. Oh, nice. Well, well done. good, because he only had to direct himself for a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> oh, I know another fun fact that my grandpa told me about this movie. Okay. The um, When they're for checking in those first couple guests, the first guest that you never see again, I can't remember what his name in the movie is, but he's... Um, uh, Jerry Lewis's writing partner. Oh, nice. Yeah, he just I mean, this to... is this is if there was ever a movie to just put your friends in. Yeah, he it was this one. He needed a guy, and he was like, "Hey, you, you can say like a line and a half. Get in there." <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's about all I have to say about the movie, except for I hope my wife is that excited about our honeymoon. And I don't hurt my back. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. Oh, my God. What a buzzkill. Wouldn't stop me. I'd be paralyzed. (laughs) (laughs) It still works. You can still do the thing. One of my friends, one of my friends, his brother-in-law was paralyzed from the neck down, had no feeling past his neck, and uh, they still made it work. <laughs> they still made it work. <laughs> he and his wife. He's got to get the blood pumping, you know. Yeah. Um, I am also out of things to say about this movie. It's hard to talk about because there's no plot. Yep. (laughs) My top two scenes from this movie, um, or top two gags, as I should say, because that's where all the scenes are. They're just giant gags. Yeah, Um, The phone desk, where (laughs) phones keep ringing. (laughs) I'm just like, God, it feels like work. I'm like, I'm watching it at work. I'm just staring at the phone. I'm like, don't you ring. Don't you ring. (laughs) That felt like, you know, in a dream where you're, like, trying to run from someone or punch someone, and, like, you're just too slow. Every dream I have about work, ever. That was how I I felt about it. I was like, just pick up the phone. Especially since he tries all three of them and then takes a second to look over at the one that's ringing and then goes for it. Yeah, he just stops. I'm like, no, pick it up. I was, thinking, I was thinking at the beginning of that scene, I'm just like, oh, he's gonna answer, he's gonna pick up the phone and not be able to say anything because you know he can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the gag. Is that he's? I thought that was gonna be the gags that he doesn't talk to. He just keeps answering these phones and putting and hanging up. That's how we. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Angelica says, "How did you like it?" But we already answered that, so I don't know why I brought that up. She's the one that suggested it, so you Tell her listen I, to the episode. Tell her I out. specifically hated it. Oh, Sam says he specifically hated it. <laughs> I meant me she's specifically. She's not going to know which Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say was me specifically. She's going to assume it's me because everybody thinks that Montano has a better sense of humor, which he probably does, but... Yeah, that's true. I just have if, a... I don't know. If I got a text that said Sam hated it, I think I would be like, whoa, what's his problem? And I would, <laughs> I would totally think it was Oceans. <laughs> oh my god, guys, I just had a thought. Holy crap, why haven't we done that? Oh my god. What? We need to do a review of Hamilton. First, I gotta finish it. <laughs> I couldn't get through it because Broadway is too hard to capture on movie audio, so I have a hard time listening to it. My I don't know, man. The, the Disney Plus one is pretty good. I, I had my mom watch it; she enjoyed it. It's the only I one I've ever it. watched. Yeah. I'll just. My favorite character is the King of England for sure. That guy is hysterical. <laughs> the guy who plays him does a great job. Yeah. So, guys, I think if we've it, reached the end of our, our the natural conclusion of our podcast for the night. If you want to see us do Hamilton. Or anything else. Literally anything else. We watched the freaking Anything. Bellboy. I have one more. <laughs> our, our next music episode's already taken, so don't suggest the music. Or you can, but it'll be a while till we get to it. Yeah. We're listening we to Alan way. Jackson. Uh, waka waka. 
I don't know why that phrase is so it's so funny to me. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> when you don't know what to say. Uh, Alright, well, I guess this has been Bear Attack, and we have social media and stuff. What are we loving, ha- boys? Yeah, what are you loving? I am I love loving. Nothing. Everything is awful. Well, rip Amy. Uh, <laughs> rip Jesse. Rip your trailer. Rip your rip Betty Cooper. JK, I actually do have things. Rip us. Oh, not rip us. Rip us. <laughs> I did that to myself today. Right. I know, we let one rip all the time. <laughs> um, I am loving The Last of Us Part 2. Ah, yes. Playing this game is like being in an abusive relationship. It's like Naughty Dog <laughs> keeps doing horrible things to me, and I love them for it more. <laughs> Wait, did you get any further from when we talked last night? Not much. I just went through the theater and stuff. Okay. You're coming up so on a good. part that irks me so much. Oh, no. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, or in a way? In, in a way that I appreciate the, the developers making this game so difficult. But Fair also... Enough. I'm stuck laying in a patch of grass. Oh, it's not the dogs, is it? Huh? The not dogs? the first. Not the first encounter with the dogs. Okay, dude, those dogs suck. Those are way yes. worse than the shamblers. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'll take the shamblers any day. The dog. The bad guys have dogs now, so they can sniff you out. And stealth was already really hard to begin with. And also, every battle. It's not a slick video game. It's a survival game where, like, when you have to fight people. You got to get creative because resources are limited. Uh, even on like normal and easy mode. Yeah. So I'm playing it on normal and it's like if I have a full magazine in one of my guns, it is a good day. <laughs> Straight up. I think I have I'm a like, full clip in just the revolver. Everything else is on like ones and twos. I'm like, yeah, if I can get, you know, like my revolver and my nine mil full of ammo. I'm like, I'm ready to pop caps. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a brick and I'll just run through these people. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is like when you like punch people and stuff, they don't go down. You've got to like make them give up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find a car to bash their head against. Oceans. What are you loving? I, I'm not going to hesitate this time. I actually have it in my head. I am going to be loving this Wednesday because me and Blitzbear are getting together to do stuff. Going on a date. Not sure exactly what we're doing yet. Let's Uh, go get a a bacon muffin. Probably (laughs) if that place... It's called over easy now. Oh, I know. It sucks. Um, They have a really good breakfast burger, though. But I don't have any money until Friday. (laughs) Yeah. Fine. Fair. Because like Oceans I, is buying. I bought everything on Amazon. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll probably shoot a vlog because we need another one now that we've used all of them except for the ones that two that we have still. And then, uh, maybe we'll watch baseballs and do like a YouTube review or something. I don't know. I would enjoy that. Because noob over here has never seen Spaceballs. I know. Baseballs. You guys, there's a lot of movies in the world. <laughs> I know. I have a, yes, I have a whole watch list for you, though. 
Boys, guess what I'm loving? What are uh, you loving? Pink I got a new steering rack for my Razor, because my old one is Ooh. just too small. And look how big these Heim joints are. Whoa, that's a mechanical thing. Also, once this, uh, once this podcast comes out, Amy and I will have been married for a year, two weeks ago. Oh, Yay! Yeah. Currently, it's tomorrow, Congratulations. but when this comes out. Pop! Thanks. That's right. They got married in the midst of, uh, I don't know what episode, I just, oh, episode eight. That's right. We, just, we did episode eight, like, on your wedding, Adam, which comes yeah. before the wedding eve. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Actually, yes. I think it was, I think it was the day before that, but. Probably. I still mi- I I'm still I mad that I missed that. On wedding, Adam. Yep. Still upset that I missed that, but if you want to hear Blitz while he's blitzed, yeah. <laughs> like Ocean said in the last episode, we we don't believe in substance abuse at all, but we're also not straight edge. Straight <laughs> exactly. Straight edge is so <laughs> like I would so be having a drink right now if I didn't have to go to freaking work. Yeah. How responsible! I'm a little bit afraid with my monster problem. To, to dabble in anything. Keep it else. in your pants, Nate. Keep it in your pants. Oh, one of my <laughs> friends is starting to go down the same path I did, and it's not good because we work together. Oh uh, no! It makes it easy to be avoid, 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 avoid. Ah! <laughs> okay, I think uh, I've come to play The Last of Us and make a podcast, and I'm all out of podcast. <laughs> this has been Bear Attack. Follow us on the gram, uh, the Facebook. We got a Gmail. Uh, I don't run the socials. I have no idea. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, there's links in the description. Uh, we got the YouTube. Check that out. Uh, travel vlog just went up. Uh, stay tuned for September. There's a big video coming out then, hopefully. And yeah, this has been Bear Attack. I'm Panda Bear. That's Blitz Bear. That's Polar Bear. And that was the Bellboy. <laughs> Bye!